This morning I have a message that is primarily for Christians. I believe that many Christians today are living in spiritual bondage in a very strange way. I believe that many of us have found ourselves in what I call a comfort zone. And unfortunately, it's not a good comfort zone. And so God put on my heart a message that might help you know how to get out of that comfort zone, if indeed that's where you find yourself. A.W. Tozer once wrote these words, Do not let any of the things of the world or past mistakes paralyze your hearts. I believe there are Christians who have allowed some of their past mistakes to paralyze them. You were so bright and cheerful in your spiritual life once. And then you made some tragic mistake or had something happen to you. Past wrongs have been done to you. Past failures. Times you thought you were going to win and you didn't. These things are what trap us. Their present sins, perhaps, or even a time of discouragement some of you may be going through. These are the things that hit us, and they're not mental at all. They're deeper than that. They are subconscious, and they prevent us from believing God, and I believe they put us in spiritual bondage. Believe it or not, we can become comfortable in our comfort zone even though we don't like it. We, we hate the failure because we're Christians. We hate the sin because we're Christians. The past mistreatments where we feel resentment. But we will not dare to believe God can give us a bright new future. We're afraid because, you see, like most of you, I have too, we've tried only to fail. And so what we do is we keep recycling our past. Now, here's a quote worth remembering if you want to get out of that comfort zone that has got you in bondage today. If you truly want to live a life free of defeat, and here's the quote. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always be what you've always been. What if, for example, Abraham of the Old Testament had stayed in his comfort zone of past mistakes, past sins? After all, it's hard to think about it. Abraham, a man of faith. He's a liar. He lied several times. He committed adultery more than once. He fathered a child out of wedlock to another woman other than his wife. Now, these are pretty big sins. They can put you in bondage. And yet today, because he dared to believe God and leave what I'm calling his comfort zone... Abraham is now called the father of faith. 
So I want to help you understand how you could become a person of faith and be break free from that bondage. And look with me at Romans chapter 4 as we see how to break free from this. Romans chapter 4, I'll be reading verses 16 through 25 to give you the whole picture. Romans 4, 16 through 25. For this reason it is by faith that it might be in accordance with grace, in order that he might... That the promise may be certain to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. In the sight of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead, and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope he believed, in order that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. And without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Therefore, Also it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now not for his sake only was it written that it was reckoned to him, but for our sake also to whom whom it will be reckoned as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He who was delivered up because of our transgressions and raised because of our justification. The first step, if you want to leave your comfort zone, is going to be confidence in God. But let me give you another quote to help you. When we walk by faith, God never lets us settle in the comfort zone of unbelief, or disobedience. So let's establish, first of all, the step that is needed, that is essential for getting out of that comfort zone of unbelief and disobedience, and it is confidence in God. The Bible says in verse 17, the B part, God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. The thing that determines the validity of our faith, now listen carefully to this, the thing that determines the validity of our faith is its object. For Abraham, the object of his faith was God. Now I want you to be very careful at this point because you hear preaching today in other places that is contrary to what I'm about to tell you. 
For Abraham, it was not faith in faith. For Abraham, it was not faith in making some positive confession. It was indeed faith in God who took the initiative to give Abraham a promise. Words. Words are important. It is so tragic when you hear Christians make negative, negative comments. But it's even more tra- tragic and troubling when you hear them make a confession that reveals a heart of unbelief. It is a heart of unbelief. It is a heart of unbelief that puts us in bondage in our comfort zone of defeat and discouragement. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, Without faith, without trust in God, it is impossible to please Him. The Bible did not say it was difficult to please God without faith. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. The Bible says in Matthew 9, 26, 19, 26, Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. Are you today on television, here in our service, are you facing a seemingly impossible situation? Are you in bondage? Let me list a few areas of bondage that we may not struggle with, but one or two we might. Maybe you're in the bondage, the comfort zone of a bondage of a marriage with a mate who will not live in a way that pleases God. Perhaps it's a drug problem. Prescription drugs or otherwise, a drug problem. An abuse problem. Even an immoral lifestyle. It could be, for some of us, just some besetting sin. To the world, it may not be a big deal, but to us it is because we're Christians in this little besetting sin. that The, the, the gossip, the, the critical negative spirit, the, the creating disunity, the besetting sin we've tried to overcome, only to fail over and over again. It could be a comfort zone of just living life. At ease in Zion. You're just at ease in Zion. You are not living life with a purpose or a passion. You're just comfortable in your job, comfortable in your family, and there's nothing wrong being comfortable. But to be at ease in Zion is a sign of a problem. The Bible says about Abraham and Sarah their impossibility in Genesis 18 verse 14 is anything too hard for the Lord. So you think about whatever you're facing and consider Genesis 18:14 is anything too hard for the Lord. If you're a Christian, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse uh, 17, we are what? New creations in Christ. New creations in Christ. As a Christian, are you living the bondage bound by your past? The Bible says this, if you're a Christian. In 2 Peter 1.3, seeing that his divine power, God's divine power, 
seeing that his divine power has granted to us new creations in Christ. Everything pertaining to life and godliness. And that includes getting out of the comfort zone of unbelief. So this is the first step. Confidence in God. Let's go to step two. Acknowledge your comfort zone. I don't know what yours is. I know what mine is. I'm letting God deal with mine, but you need to let him deal with yours. The Bible says in Romans 4:19 about Abraham, and without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Let me tell you something, folks. Christians, we don't have to be afraid of facts. Faith is not afraid of facts. Abraham contemplated. He faced the facts. He and his wife were well beyond the age of starting a family, but there was another fact that I call a supernatural fact that he had to factor in. God had said, if you go back in Genesis 17, verse 19, this is what God said. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. God took the initiative and gave him this promise. Stuart Briscoe, I like to read his books, he wrote this. Listen to what Stuart wrote. Suddenly Abraham has to square his confidence in a person with the fact that he is conversant with the problems, fully aware of the problems. So what does he do? Stuart wrote, he carefully evaluates the problems, thinks to himself. Well, my first problem is my body is as good as dead. I'm a hundred years old. One that's a fact. My body is as good as dead. But then Abraham said, but I believe in God. And one of the things I believe about God is he brings life out of deadness. Briscoe concluded, he said of Abraham, my problem is really a divine opportunity. For if my body is as good as dead... And God, at his initiative, says he's going to bring life out of deadness. That will conclusively prove that he is the God who brings life out of deadness. He can do the impossible. Wouldn't, wouldn't you have loved to have been a fly on the tent wall and in comes Abraham one one night he's been out doing whatever Abraham was doing and he comes in and he said hi honey got some news for you you're going to have a baby <laughs> I love God's word He's he is not shy about letting us see how his saints the people of God struggle with with difficult situations in fact the Bible tells us what did, it, what did Sarah do? She laughed. <laughs> I'd have cried, but she laughed. <laughs> Joyce would have dropped dead. <laughs> but uh, she laughed. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think it was really a laugh of disbelief, of unbelief. But as Paul Harvey would say, we know the rest of the story. 
we know the rest of the story. God's purposes were at work. And God's purposes are always going to be accomplished. We may not see how, but they are going to be accomplished. Abraham and Sarah did have a baby, and they did call his name Isaac, and God did give him as a, a covenant, an everlasting covenant that he is keeping even unto this day. God keeps his word. Don't be afraid of the fa- to face the facts of your comfort zone. You may be able to only pray what the son with the mute son, what the father of the of the, of the mute son said in Mark nine twenty four. You remember the story, Mark nine twenty four. He said to Jesus, who he knew Jesus could heal him. Lord, I believe. Listen to the transparency of God's word. Help my unbelief. That's us. Our flesh has some unbelief even when we're believing. We have some unbelief, so take it to God. Acknowledge your comfort zone. Step three, let God strengthen your faith. The Bible says in in, uh, verse 20, "Yet Yet with respect to the promise of God, he, Abraham, did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Not drawing attention to himself, but to God. Like Abraham and Sarah this morning, you may not see any possible way God can meet your need. Any way in the world he can get you out of that comfort zone of unbelief that has become a bondage for you. Any way he can deliver you from your past or undo the things that were done to you. That's just not true. Nothing's too hard for God. Let him work his miracle in your life today. I know you'll have fear. I have fear. But I'm also aware of what God's word said. Second Timothy 1 7. What does it say? You memorize that scripture yet? God has not given us a spirit of fear or of timidity. And we have fear and timidity. But they're not from God. So when we have them, we take them to God because the Bible says we're to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and his word. So we take them captive and we make this confession. God will lead. If he's given me a word, he will lead. He will protect. He will provide. He will be faithful. And as the song says, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Well, let's let's go to the final step because I want you I want you delivered today. Oh, I want you delivered today. I've had to be delivered and probably have to be delivered again over and over again. So we'll be friends and encourage one another. Step number four. Keep standing on the promises of God. The Bible says of Abraham, verse 21, being fully assured that what he had promised He was, he is, able to perform. Keep standing on the promises of God. The Bible says what in Romans 10, 17? Faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? Word of God. Not the ways of the world. Not a hope-so theology. 
not making some confession and trying to tell God what to do. I don't understand these people who go around praying like that. God, you got to do this. I'm believing you for it. Let God take the initiative. He's God. We're not. We don't understand his purposes. We don't understand his ways. We don't know why Paul had to keep the thorn in the flesh. We don't even know what it was. And I think that was deliberate because if we knew what it was, then all of us would say we got that too. And so we'd know we wouldn't get delivered either. But we've all known that. So I don't know what it is that's your problem. I know what it is is my problem. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So keep feeding yourself a steady diet of the promises of God. Joyce and I love to sit on our screened-in porch. And I called her. She's doing the grandmother thing today in Dallas. Bless, pray for her. She's dealing with our four-year-old who you can't logic with. And so, so I sat out on the porch where we always sit to have our devotional time. And it's 60-something degrees. Felt pretty good. And I had my little cup of coffee and had my devotional study and just fed myself the promises of God. Knowing that she had the same study over there in Dallas and she read the same promises of God. So we just keep feeding ourselves a steady diet of the promises of God, letting him speak to us. You see, if you, if you do that, you're going to keep standing on the promises. Now, let me be brutally frank with you. Today, if you make a choice to leave this comfort zone, whatever it is the Spirit of God is reminding you of, and again, I'm speaking to Christians primarily today. Usually I preach on evangelism. I'm, I'm preaching to the flock, to the family of God today. And I, I want to alert you. If you choose to leave your comfort zone, you can expect some bumps and bruises. It will not be easy at times. But let me also give you some spiritual protection in addition to putting on the full armor, which we're supposed to do. Let me give you some additional help. Let me give you some, some spiritual protection from the Word of God, which we believe to be truth, absolute truth. I struggle at times with some things, but I don't struggle with God's Word. I take it just like it's written. I, I take it like it's a lot harder for me to explain some of the other things uh, that people are trying to believe in today than they believe in the Word of God. So I just go to the Word of God. It, it's, it's the comfort to me. So let me give you a few tips here. I'm going to give you some specific verses to help you. Hebrews 13, verse 5. The promise is, I will never leave you. Now we're speaking to God's children. I will never leave you or forsake you. Now, what about that time when we're facing a temptation? And everybody does, including Jesus Christ himself. Everybody faces temptation. That doesn't mean it's sin. It can lead to sin, but it's not sin. So what's the promise of God about the temptations that we all face? Well, let me give you the protection. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. For no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. We're not, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but, but listen to the promise, but will with the temptation provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 
God will say, yes, I see you're tempted. Here's a way of escape. Take it. Now, we have to make the choice. Unfortunately, I don't always take the choice. And I sin. And then I'm in a predicament. I have to confess. I'm out of fellowship with God. I haven't lost my relationship. I'm eternally secure, but I've lost my fellowship. And so, if I yield to temptation, the only thing I know to do is just go ahead and call it, call it what it is. It's a sin. That anger you got, that's not a bad problem. That's a sin. That impatience you've got, that's not just bad. That's a sin. Those words that you speak that don't lift people up, instead it tears them down, that's a sin. Call it what it is. And God provides a way of escape. What about this in Romans 8? Study Romans 8, 30, uh, no, uh, 28 through 39 when you get home today. Romans 8, 28 through 39. Just a nutshell. God says, I will always love you. Isn't that nice to know? God says, I will always love you. You're my children. You may disappoint me. I may have to discipline you, but I'll always love you. And he promises nothing can separate you from the love of God. You want to get encouraged? I've told you this before. I'll tell you again because you may be old like me and you forget things. You ever want to be encouraged? Go read Hebrews 11 again. Go read Hebrews 11 again. The Hall of Fame of Faith. And look at the litany of the people who are listed in the Hall of Fame of Faith. But this time, don't just look at their strengths. Look where they failed. And yet God was able to handle it and help them out. And so read it from that perspective because God always loves us. Just a couple of more promises because I want you standing on the promises. Philippians 4.13, what does God promise? To that impossibility, he says, well, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You. Wherever you need the strength, he'll give it through Christ. Not through yourself, but through Christ. And you may have some situation and you're in need. And God says, I made you a promise, didn't I? Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That's a promise I take literally. Now, not all our wants, but he'll give us all our needs. And let me give you one last, because this is one we struggle with a lot. Uh, we, we lose our peace sometimes. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I close with this. Ron Smart of our church sent me an email that had been used to strengthen him. Let me read it to you, because it, it helps you. Do you ever wish you could right a wrong or correct a mistake that you made? Do you ever wish you could just do something over and change it? With God, every day is a new beginning. He gives a new start, fresh start. He gives us the opportunity with the beginning of each day to do something wonderful. We have the time. We have a brand new 24 hours and God gives us the ability to do all that we need to do. 
he closed. Every relationship can be given a new start. Every routine chore of the day can be a joy. God provides us with all we need to have a new beginning each day. God never fails us, and when we fail, he is full of compassion and mercy and ready to give us a fresh new start to a brand new day emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So let God take the initiative and give you a promise about your comfort zone that you need to break out of. Comfort zone of unbelief, of disbelief, the comfort zone of disobedience. Let him work in your life, being fully persuaded that what he promised, he performs. We serve a loving God, and he wants us living in victory. Father, I thank you for your family that is gathered here and hearing your word. I thank you for these words of encouragement you've given to me. And you've encouraged me throughout this week, and I pray you'll encourage them. I pray that if there are people who need to trust Christ, they repent of their sin and put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ, who paid their sin debt in full. If there are people looking for a church home, Lord, let them know this is a good church family, and they will welcome them with open arms. In Christ's name, amen. Stand, let's sing. If you want to respond publicly, you meet us down front. The ministers will be down waiting on you right now.